Hey there, welcome to the Church Digital Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm excited to be putting this episode together for you guys. This is episode 24. We've done 24 of these, and we are not slowing down one bit. If you're relatively new here with the Church Digital Podcast, the heart behind this is literally to facilitate a conversation about what church online can be. All of us across America doing church online, we don't have the answer yet. We're still trying to figure this out. From the big churches like the Saddleback and the Elevations down to the small churches that are, that are struggling to put together a broadcast, there's no clear answer of what church online is. And truthfully, our goal here is to facilitate a conversation, to talk to some people, to ask some questions, and create a learning environment so that all of us can learn how to do church online more effectively. And so we've got a unique episode here with episode 24. We're bringing in one of my closest friends. His name is Ken Schaefer. Uh, to the to the podcast today. Ken and I used to work together at Christ Fellowship Miami. He was stewardship pastor at the time uh, and was responsible for a, a lot of things and utilizing Dave Ramsey and, and um, uh, Financial Peace University in that. And so we're going to be talking a lot uh, about that. And, and, and early on in, in Ken's and my relationship, because I'm an online guy, I really challenged him to, to think more about doing some of his trainings uh, virtually in an, in an online space. Um, and, and what's, what's fascinating, the reason I wanted to bring Ken back to the conversation was the first time I had this conversation with him, Ken honestly looked at me and said, that's not theologically allowed. You're wrong. And, um, okay. Maybe he didn't say the theological word, but he basically was like, you're wrong. You're stupid. Uh, what I love about Ken and our relationship is I just kept pestering him over and over again until he changed his mind and he started to see the advantage doing church online. And so really, I, I just wanted to wrestle with that conversation here. Okay, here's a guy who used to think against doing community and trainings and, and online environments. And now he's more comfortable with that and even uses it more um, in, in his current work space. And I'm going to let him explore it. I don't necessarily need to, to unpack it in detail because I don't get away the podcast. So here you go. I've got Ken Schaefer, uh, who actually works with Dave Ramsey now. I've got Ray Diarmas, Online Pastor Christ Fellowship Miami and myself, Jeff Reed with The Church Digital, in a conversation centered around equipping, utilizing online technologies. Here you go. I got to tell you, I've been looking forward to this conversation because, man, Ken, I, I, I love you, and I really miss spending time with you and, and having some of these in-depth conversations mm -hmm. um, like we had at Christ Fellowship. And, and one of the things that I, that I love about Ken is that he's never afraid to tell me that I'm wrong. Um, because he's done that the majority of our relationship, telling me that <laughs> I'm wrong, I'm crazy. And, and, and in context, some of the, in, in context of, of the church online stuff and the on, online community, um, that's been just an, an ongoing, a, a long conversation for someone who's been like, I'm, I'm not quite sure how that works to somebody who has kind of um, spun it and taken it to a, to a, a different perspective. And so when, when Ken and I were together and Ray was, was around down at Christ Fellowship Miami, Ken was, was doing a lot with the, the Dave Ramsey stuff and, and that, and we really wrestled with what that looked like in context of doing it online and offering it online. And so, hey, Ken, man, just take a moment. Just tell us some of that story, kind of, kind of what, that, what that looked like. Well, you know, I had the job as stewardship pastor there at Christ Fellowship. So my my basic mission was to equip people in the area of biblical financial discipline and to give them vision and tools to achieve what God wants for them in that area. And 
Financial Peace University was a was a big part of that. It's a nine week course, Dave Ramsey, offered by Dave Ramsey's organization. A lot of churches use that as a building block for their stewardship and discipleship programs. And we had had hundreds or maybe thousands of people go through that at Christ Fellowship. And this was when you and I started talking about, well, what does it look like to do something online? I was never really a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm probably, of all the people that you'll have on your podcast, I'm probably the least connected online. I, I check Facebook three or four times a year. Uh, I, I actually receive email summaries of Twitter accounts that I have, and I, I, I really don't engage that much digitally for a variety of reasons. Uh, but you challenged me, and your basic challenge was there's, there's people out there you can reach online that you can't reach in person. And I took that to heart. I piloted a few different ways to do some Financial Peace University groups online and actually had some tremendous and surprising hmm. success with that. Um, what I found was that in a, in a mega church environment or really any church environment, there's physical and logistical constraints that are real. So people might want to engage, for example, in a small group discipleship environment, but simply can't. Maybe they're parents with kids, they have conflicts that are real legitimate or perceived. Um, but the small group environment, the way you had me set it up online, actually eliminated almost all of that. Mm-hmm. Yay, me. Yeah. No, yeah, you. Are you going to ask me what you, what you, you know, what I did? Because that would be the follow-up question. Yeah, yeah. What, I was about to ask. So describe in detail, like how some of that worked out for folks. Well, what I realized was so, and I think there's you go through an evolution in your life, right? Where when I didn't have, when I wasn't married, I didn't understand the commitments that married people have, right? Then I became married. We were ten years without children, and so I didn't understand the commitments that people with children had. Then I had children. I'm like, man, how does anybody do anything? right? That's, that's not Sunday morning at nine o'clock for 90 minutes, because like, that's, that's about it. So what Jeff, what you, what you suggested I do was actually have people watch the video content for financial peace uh, ahead of time. And then we would do like a zoom group, like the format that we're on right now recording this, we would do the zoom group and do just the facilitation of the questions online. That's good. Okay. That that's good by itself. The, the secret sauce, what I realized was that the time all of a sudden becomes, the time that you hold the group becomes uh, inconsequential, so you can be strategic. So we had ours on Wednesday night at 9.30. And as I was talking about this with people, what I, what I finally came to realize, like, you're not competing with anything Wednesday night at 9.30. Mm-hmm. Like, your kids are in bed, soccer practice is done, the only thing you're competing, whatever you recorded to watch on TV later, that's the only thing. It's like, are you going to hit play on Game of Thrones, which you shouldn't be watching anyway? Or are you going to engage in a discussion, uh, a discipleship discussion to help you grow your life? Um, so we had the last group I was responsible for, we had, uh, I think we had six or seven families. And it looked kind of like the Brady Bunch on the little Zoom screen. You go to that gallery view and you can see everybody. But I, I, had, um, I had a stewardess who was part of this group cool. who one time actually joined the discussion leaving. I saw her on the jetway of a plane as she was leaving joining the discussion with her headphones in. I don't even know what city she was in. I had a guy who worked at the Miami International Airport, never mm-hmm. met him in person, had a, had a friend of a friend somewhere in Naples, Florida, join our Miami group. So we found that by changing up the time, and, and then we also had families that had kids in bed, that same, that same uh, scenario I described. So we found that by time, we, you not only can you time shift your programs, you can time shift your discipleship environments, and it worked great. That's good. 
So how did this work out as far as um, making folks feel like they were not just connected with it, but really engaging in the content? Because I know I've led FPU multiple times, Ken, and, and you've helped me out a ton with that. For me, there's always a breakdown in the group after week three. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you really start to see like who's really there because that's for those of you who are who are not in tune or, or you've not let FPU, that's after the budgeting week. And so a lot of folks tend to freak out after that. And so how did you maintain that kind of contact and communication, even though your group was online and encouragement? Well, so that's where something happened that I really did not expect because the most common question in a full disclosure, I actually work for Dave Ramsey now. I'm, I was part of his organization. So I work at the Financial Peace University all the time and churches all across the United States. Uh, Although this podcast is not an official, we're not, I'm not the uh, spokesman for that organization. This is more about the, kind of our experience at the church. Sure. Um, what most churches will ask me, they will assume that because it's a Zoom environment that the personal engagement will be lower. That was my assumption coming in, and I was actually wrong. And mm -hmm. I don't know that this would always be the case, but I found... Um, I found when you've got that gallery view when you've got six or nine families and they're all in a little box, it's even better than sitting in a circle. Hmm. And the reason is because you actually are looking at everyone all the time. So everyone has to participate. That's good. Nobody gets a pass. And the very, in my work now, I do a lot of work on zoom. And so I'm like, I'm talking to you gentlemen right now on an iPad, you're about 18 inches away. It's actually much more intimate in many ways than an in-person meeting. So the group calls itself out. I found the level of engagement and accountability in the last virtual group I led to be higher than that in many of the physical groups that I've led. How so? Uh, I, I think that convert that basic conversation. I mean, we just stayed in, we stayed in touch by text throughout the week. Guys would text me if they couldn't come or whatever. But I, I think in a circle, mm -hmm. A hand, one or two people are always going to dominate the conversation in a panel. When I'm looking at the, when I have the gallery view and it's the Brady bunch, you, it's much easier. The visual cues make it much easier to know who's not participating and to call that person out. Hmm. Um, in addition to which you're just closer, you're looking at everyone all the time. I can't do that in a circle. I can do it one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two, but in a group of, of 10 families in a circle, I can't do it. How did it work out in terms of, or did it work out? Because you said the accountability ramped up. Was it just you to the group members or was it them to each other as well? Like, how did that happen? Uh, them to each other, I couldn't really speak to. Uh, I think if that happens, it probably happens more digitally because they largely had no context. They didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would say this is a little bit different. Financial peace by its nature has a beginning and an end. I talk about it often being in a, it's a thesis for kind of con equipping beginning and an end my goal is in, in that course is to teach you some specific uh some specific principles habits behaviors and then you're going to learn them and then the course is done at the end of nine weeks and that frustrates the snot out of small group pastors and in church environments they say is it a small group is it not a small group do we count it do we not count it and you guys are laughing because we've all we've all um, been in that environment uh, the reality is people get helped um, on an ongoing basis i think if we were going to do community uh, we would probably do it a little bit differently. I have a friend who just led a financial peace group virtually, like what, what I just described. And he actually had a group text going with all the folks in the group. And he found that to be uh, quite good. And they stayed engaged throughout the duration. Um, you're always going to have folks drop out of things. What I found with doing the virtual group the way we did it 
it gives people an easier way to come online. Mm -hmm. So thinking about the environment that we, we had at Christ Fellowship or any, any church, not just that's the one that three of us share in common. You have uh, some folks that are, are attenders and, and really the other folks that make it happen. Well, the folks that make things happen, like their schedule's pretty well tapped out. They're mm -hmm. coming for two, they're serving in a service on the weekend, maybe two, they're participating, they're in a small group, maybe a men's group as well. And on top of that, you're saying, hey, look, I want you to engage in this content that's going to change your life. All I need is you to pause something else for nine weeks. Well, they don't want to stop something else. Right. But at 930 at night, they can engage for 30 extra minutes yeah. as long as they can do it from their home. Coming to a small group is hard. Right. You've got to drive across town. You've got to worry about your kids. You've got to mm -hmm. dive into the thing. And I'm not saying there's not a place. I have a small group meeting right now in my house in Franklin, Tennessee, and I love these sure. folks. Um, but there are seasons of being able to do that, and there are more efficient. There can be more efficient ways to equip people. Here's a quick trivia question for you. You ready? Go. And you're you guys are Florida guys, so if you tour the Thomas Edison home on the west coast of Florida. Uh, one time when I toured, they said what his favorite invention was. And his favorite invention was not what you'd think. It was the phonograph. And the reason was hmm. not what you think. When that was invented in the 19th century, Thomas Edison thought about that device as being the democratization of education. That people would have access to education inexpensively and at distance. And it's taken more than 140 years. But kind of in our modern world with online education, even in the church with online discipleship with some of those ideas, um, those barriers become blurred and his vision for that's finally becoming a little bit more of a reality. It's funny because I, 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 as, as I've studied history throughout that, and it's, it's interesting you point out that that was Edison's perspective. And I know we're kind of looking at a grander conversation here, but even then I, I've seen that over time where a lot of folks look at new technologies and they see that in terms of sexual birth, but then they try other folks come along and try and restrict that and control that. So, you know, Edison invents the phonograph, and then, you know, eventually other, you know, copyright becomes an issue and other folks start to constrict and control. Whereas the internet has kind of freed a lot of content up and still a lot of folks are worried about, well, how do we control this, control that? But especially for those of us in the church world, shouldn't we be asking more how to leverage this for free yeah. for the sake of helping folks in terms of engaging a community and not just the content? Yeah, how do we release it? I mean, if, depending on how far back you go in history, movable type was considered uh, the death of education. And the, the idea that, a print, that, a, that the masses could have books was going to be an issue and a problem. So uh, I'm all about equipping people and I, I'm, about a, I'm about removing their excuses to be equipped. Mm -hmm. I, wanna, I wanna meet people where they are. I mean, there's the, the performance oriented part of me, I just wanna say sacrifice, suck it up and let's get it done. And then the more pastoral, compassionate side of me wants to make it easy and to bring people along. Somewhere in that mix is, uh, is the answer. That's good. Let me shift gears on something because we're, we're, we're talking about the easeability of education in, in this. Um, what, what about the, in context of, of online, the anonymity, the safeness, the separation, uh, in context of, of what you're doing with, with FPU, uh, I can be in an online group. Uh, I'm not in the physically same space. And so because I'm not like breathing the same air, uh, there's oftentimes with online small groups, in my experience, there's a safeness where people are more open to conversations. They're more transparent because there's not this embarrassment of I'm in the same space. They can see me blushing and turning red. They're seeing my mm -hmm. pixels turn red. 
uh, but not necessarily that. And, and so for me, like an in, in online, just in my personal life, an online small group tends to be more transparent than the physical because to me, the camera gives the separation that allows more intimacy. I'm just wondering kind of either both of you guys, what your experiences have been in something like that. I'll let you go, Ray, because I talked a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good, Ken, because I, I think, and we want to hear more from from you on the situation. Um, for me, it's it's really, like what Kevin was talking about, it removes a lot of the excuses, and you really start to find, like, who's really in and who's really out in the seriousness of community. Um, you know, and especially with, with discipleship, you know, so much of it, and this is hard, in the local church content text because we want more groups and we want people bought into groups and but then there's folks who are always telling you hey i want to go deeper i want more and so with online discipleship i found now you remove a lot of the excuses and you start to tell them hey listen if you really want to go deeper if you want to go more this is the commitment like you don't have to worry about putting like what ken said you don't worry about putting kids to worry about this because we're removing all of those excuses what we do want to know is we want to know that one, you're engaging with the content and two, that you're ready to have real discussion with it because we've removed a lot of the other barriers from there, which means that number three, they're left without excuses. So now we start to get to the nitty gritty if they, especially if they've not engaged with the first two steps. So that encourages people in the group to call them out. But then also as a leader, it's our responsibility to step up our game and call them out and enter into un uncomfortable situations of, Hey, uh, in this particular case with Ramsey solutions, Hey, so why didn't you watch the video this week? you know, we've given you an audio and a video portion of it. Why didn't you do those things uh, on the side where I've done uh, online groups where we've, where we've done scripture reading. Hey, so seriously, like what was the excuse as far as not engaging with the scripture this week? You could have opened the Bible app. You could have put it on audio. And I know that leads to a lot of uncomfortable conversations, but it's those uncomfortable conversations that leads to growth. Yeah. I, and I would add that I think, I mean, all, all three of us have spent our entire lives in, in a variety of ministry contexts. We each have small church, large church and medium church experience, right? Mm -hmm. What all those have in common is that when people say churches are full of hypocrites, they're largely right. I mean, I'm one. Yeah. And so there's like intimacy in, in a church and transparency in person is difficult. I remember it was with a group of pastors maybe 15 years ago. It was a small group kind of accountability thing. And they said, how you doing? And like seven guys in a row said they were doing great and just kind of <laughs> painted it, you know, right. And then the, the, the eighth one, I don't remember how many there were. It's funny. I can't even remember this guy's name, but he said, actually, he says, I'm struggling. I, I have, I have no motivation and I will never forget. He would said a couple other things. And then he said, and when I open up the Bible, it's as dry as dust. Wow. And I said, Wow, I've never seen that happen before. And hmm. so like the and 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 that's that's hard. Right? It's hard to do that. But here's what was interesting about those pastors. They weren't all in the same church. It was a group of pastors, it was kind of regional and they were meeting together. I wonder how difficult it would be for that same man who's the pastor, and there's nothing wrong with him. We go through those seasons to have that conversation with his elders or with his peers. So I think there is there is some value in anonymity isn't right, but maybe, maybe distance. And so I've sure. known financial peace groups just because that's, again, that's my current context where they happen with, with guys from multiple time zones. I mean, mm -hmm. you're just, so it's a lot easier to talk about what might be right or wrong with my money or my spiritual walk uh, uh, with people I'm never likely to meet. Right. I, I can see tremendous. Uh, I can see tremendous power in that. But if you guys have ever, if you've ever been to uh to a, uh, to an AA or an NA meeting or anything like that. The name is Alcoholics, what? 
anonymous anonymous right? right same same kind of deal we're gonna we're gonna level set something so we all can recognize that we're stronger so to me it's the right tools the right place there's people for whom an online group or any kind of environment like that would never work right and there's okay. people for whom it's always the next best step and that's what's interesting about financial peace university right i remember um when we first when lauren and i first launched our first fpu group we actually had a visitor come to small group that night with with his wife and so like it was their first time ever to our group and they weren't even coming for an fpu group they were just coming because hey we were a small group and we were we just happened to be starting fpu that day and i remember presenting the information tell them hey listen if you want you can engage you know and, and if not that's cool and and i remember them clear as day telling me yeah we're okay we don't need this that's not for us whatever well they stayed throughout the group just engaging the content and and um and then after the fact about two months down the road they themselves were asking if they can host an FPU group at their house. And really what it took was it took time for them to get in that kind of community where they felt comfortable enough to reveal uh, their finances and all that because they weren't going to be open with that from the get-go. They weren't just going to let us into their world like that from the first meeting. But after a while, the walls started to come down and they felt more ready to engage in community from then on. Yeah, and you know, that happens independent of content, right? So if you think about, if you think about, um, I mean, it, it, like men's discipleship content, you know, a group of guys, they're not going to get together and, 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 uh, and share that they're struggling until maybe the second or third time through that group. Right. Right. And, th and that is um, just a reality of who we are and where we are in our, in our, in our, in our culture. I don't think that struggles anything new. So one of Satan's best, uh, Satan's best tactics is to let us think that we're divided and alone. And when in fact, we're all struggling. Hmm. That's true. How do you get, and how do you, how did you advise leaders to get beyond um, just kind of the face answers? Cause I imagine a lot of folks, just like you're talking about come with, Hey, I'm fine at group. A lot of folks are coming with their budget and, and it's a total lie. You know, <laughs> I've never seen that. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that strategy doesn't change whether it's virtual or in person, right? You're only going to get out of something what you put into it. And if you're, you know, if you're distorting your mirror, if you've got a funhouse mirror instead of one that's showing you a real picture, like you're never going to make progress. So, I mean, and it's, and that's independent of financial discussions. You know, I mean, that's a conversation I'll have with everybody. Like who you are right now is the sum total of decisions you've made and what you've been reading and mm -hmm. kind of your actions. So if you like it, let's keep doing that. And if you don't like it, let's change. Yeah. How do you help folks balance out when they're leading a group? So, hey, I got, I got two types of people in my group. I've got one guy who's got a lot of money and he's a lot in debt. And I've got another guy with a little bit of money and he's a lot in debt for him too. Just balancing out those two. Because especially when you're doing online, like you get a variety of characters. You know, some folks who are business folks on the go and they think that they've got everything under control with leverage and debt. And then others who are just struggling are like, hey, look, I'm just getting by with free public internet. <laughs> I want to go to the library. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I, I guess I haven't had that in an online environment. To me, that's really a pastoring question. I want to pastor both of those guys. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask them. I always, I mean, I have, a, I have a set of stock questions. I ask people about any situation, financial, otherwise, one of them is what's the biblical principle that applies to your situation right now. And most of the time people know it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then the question is, okay, well, what do we need to do related to that biblical principle? Mm-hmm. Let me ask this, because with, with you, with your relationship with Ramsey, you're working with churches across the country. You're having these conversations um, about doing FPU. 
um, you either, you know, physically and, and even virtually in some situations. Um, average response, when you talk about FPU virtually, uh, churches, that's awesome, that's crazy. What is virtual? Like, what, what is, what's the response? What's the temperature out there? Yeah, I would say their average response is open. Hmm. Really? And, 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 and I think, but I think, Jeff, I learned that from you. And so I'm going to, and, and here's what I mean by that. That's the, the challenge to move content online is something I would probably not have considered, but for our friendship and what you were trying to help me accomplish. So when I talk to churches about that, I always talk about it both ends. I say, we're going to, you know, we're going to help you plan something for, you know, all your people to go through Financial Peace University. And then I will ask the question, what about your online strategy? And then if they have an online pastor, and you and I know some of those guys in common, uh, they'll, they bring that person into the conversation. And if they don't, I'll say, well, you know, what do you do online? How do you engage? And then I tell them exactly what I told you, which is, look, if we do it this way, you have an opportunity to pick up people that you won't otherwise get. Uh-huh. And, and, then, and they say, tell me more about that. And I tell them the same thing. And I throw in the Game of Thrones and they always drop eye contact. You know, they, they'll, I'll say, you know, Wednesday night, well, I guess Game of Thrones is off now. I read, I've never watched it. So. Sure. Um, you need another analogy, Game of Thrones. I, They're doing a prequel. Get rid of, big Little oh, Lies. Big Little Lies. You're good. Big Little Lies. Okay, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> sorry, quick side note. You know, we had, we had a coworker one time ask me if I'd seen Stranger Things. And my answer was, then what? Just because I... <laughs> I, did, oh, I, did, Ken, you would love I it. Did, I didn't know it was a thing, even though, as far as I'm concerned, the 1980s are the culmination of our civilization. I'm um, saying you would love it. So all that aside, I, I set, um, I, what I talk about is picking up stragglers. You know, mm. I don't, I don't want to use this as an exegesis, but I've been giving thought to what does it mean when, when, um, when Jesus leaves 99 sheep and gets one sheep. And I'm not saying that online, what is, is, is a is it is it is an application of that teaching but i will say like using whatever tools we have to reach people that need to be reached for whatever thing it is we're trying to accomplish in the church whether it's evangelism whether it's discipleship whether it's community however it is you want to draw lines around those boxes which kind of bleed together um they're they're kind of into it and so it's a now i'm dealing almost primarily almost exclusively with really large churches that's kind of what i do mm-hmm. so they have a different set of resources at their disposal but the hilarious thing is in the last week, like, well, what do we need to do? Is it something we need from you? I'm like, no, actually, you already have financial peace and Zoom is free. And they go, that, they said, there's no other support. Like, no, it isn't even our thing. We don't even sell it. We just tell, give you a vision to do it on your own. And they say, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't, that's not something we do. We just want to, we want to create multiple ways for people to access content in groups. It's amazing. I now, can't five years ago, five years ago, I don't think it would have looked, five years ago, it wouldn't have looked like that. There's no way. Yeah. I, you know, and I will say this personally, like I've, I've seen just even within the past two years, um, conversations going from you're crazy. Like when I had these conversations with pastors and churches, I've literally been told you're crazy 18 months, two years ago. Now I'm being told you're right. We're just not ready for that. And, and yeah. so- I, I get that. And so then again, in my context, which is very discreet, I have a beginning and an end. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? You're ready to try nine weeks. Like, just try this. And if you hate it, stop doing it. Yeah. Well, it's very easy. Yeah. And that, that's got to be helpful in the same way that, that in some ways, you know, financial peace groups have helped launch ongoing communities, you know, ongoing small groups. Mm-hmm. Some of these communities are going to continue on and stick. 
like whether it's for the existing online pastor or whether it's for somebody who just caught a bug for it and they're like, Hey, we just like hanging out with these folks. You know, we're going to keep doing this and we're going to keep studying the word together or something else. I mean, it's just a continuation of great community. So let me ask this because you see the big picture and yeah, your context is, is centered around Ramsey and FPU, which is, which is a nine week. The thing that I've always loved about you, Ken, is you're open to the, the honest conversations and, and, and you speak your mind. Um, so moving beyond the nine-week window, theoretically, this isn't your avenue, but I want you to speak into this. What challenges does the church need to overcome to create a holistically online biblical community that solely meets through Zoom, hmm. texting, other platform, digital platforms? Oh, uh, you know, I think that as that's really a, a question, right? That's something you want Kurzweil or somebody to, to kind of throw some mind space at. And I know people that pay more attention to that than I do have, um, have given that a lot of words and a lot of thought. I think this is one of those areas where, where, where change will ultimately become inevitable. And what I mean is society ultimately like, like the, the church will track with that as people communicate, those changes just naturally come. So I don't know that we, we have a complete idea of what that looks like or what the barriers are. But if you think about, I mean, it, and you may have these statistics, like how many workers in an average week use Zoom to connect for something? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I don't use just Zoom and Zoom just in communities. I use it to do my job. Right. Right. So, so it's becoming more and more ubiquitous, which is like my all time favorite SAT word. I I just love that word. So those barriers, those, those, um, as the barriers come down, it just becomes that much more acceptable and common. So I think maybe the answer is as community, not church community, but just as community becomes increasingly digital and legitimate community. I don't mean Instagram influencer tribe Facebook happy pseudo stuff as people legitimately connect this way it'll happen it'll happen more and more and I don't there's folks are that are always going to be on the front end of that like you two mm-hmm. that'll want to make that happen more quickly um, early innovators adopters that kind of thing I don't yeah I don't know I'm kind of struggling with that answer it's the same thing I tell pastors which is like just try it because you can you can undo it like you can just stop, hmm. but see, see what value you get. And I think those answers ultimately emerge. That's good. There's a period in my life where it's very easy for me to meet for a breakfast meeting at six or 7 a.m. in the morning. And I treasure those times of personal community and Cuban toast and, you know, the whole thing in the cafeteria in Miami. The reality of where I live, the community that I'm in, the job I do in the stage I'm in life, that meeting today is basically impossible for me. But Never digital right ones are always possible. Right. That right there was a hard thing for me to adapt as a, as a campus pastor that I think, um, like when I was leading a physical location, I was also going through a change of stage in life and that we just had a baby. And so we're, beforehand, I was like, hey, I'm ready and adaptable for like 6 a.m., 7 a.m. meetings, that kind of thing, where if I would have thought through, and this was a, a few years ago, and even though I was super into tech and all this stuff, I didn't think through the concept of, hey, this is a great space to leverage for community, mm-hmm. for all this stuff. I think it would have helped me out tremendously. And it, and it also would have freed up the volunteer just on a regular basis in the sense of, hey, like you don't have to, you know, take time out of your work day and show up to a random Starbucks near you or whatever else. Like we can still meet and have this kind of community. And it would have provided more time for genuine questions or to dig in a little bit further. Mm-hmm. I, um, but I mean, 
again, my own current circumstance. We just recently moved from five separate buildings in my company into one giant building. It's a huge campus and 800 some 50 something Dave Ramsey employees are all in one place. And you know what? As, as he talked about that vision, he talked about how creativity was going to be unleashed because we were in one location and and I kind of heard that, but you know, I was not in that, I was not in our new offices two hours before I was able to have a conversation and make something shorter and better because of the fact a guy was in my building that was previously in a different one. Hmm. So it's always going to be a both hand. We're not, we are, we are analog creatures, not digital creatures. Digital is the tool. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah. Love, love that. It's not, and, and to that, to that point, like, church online, a healthy church online, isn't the abandonment of, of the community. Um, it's, it's the distribution of communities into, into other areas. And, and within recent weeks, we've, we did a, a deep dive, really did discovering Church Anywhere, which is out of First Capital. Um, they're a location, they're doing 16 micro locations in a, in a really small town, rural area of um, Indiana. We just got off an elevation within the past week as well, talking about their watch parties and about how they're doing this in a big way. Saddleback is, is pushing um, the micro as well. And mm -hmm. so like there's, there's legitimacy in, in not abandoning the physical space. God causes, God calls us, the Bible calls mm -hmm. us not abandon meeting together. Um, and that, that isn't necessarily what's happening, but the ability to, to encourage, to strengthen, to disciple, to help others grow, utilizing uh, the virtual space here like Zoom. Uh, you know, you mentioned a text group earlier. WhatsApp definitely does that. Uh, we've talked with people, um, uh, Jate, who does the, the video game. What platform is it? Discord. Um, Ray, we've talked with him in the past. He uses like a, it's a WhatsApp Discord platform for that. You know, there, there's plenty of opportunities to, uh, to connect with, with community. One of the things that I love, and I, and I heard um, – Clay Scroggins over at Northport, and I heard him say this at, at, at a conference I was at. Um, the business world looks at the digital disruption as an opportunity, um, and they see all of the, the functionalities and the features and the things, and the business world adopts this digital disruption, all this new technology, as a way to make what they do better. As a general rule, the church has been more hesitant in that area. It excites me, Ken, that you tell me that you know, a lot of the, the larger churches and the mega churches that you're working with have been pro doing this online. And, and FPU may be the on-ramping towards changing some of that culture. Um, sure. That aside, though, it's been very difficult um, in recent years. Churches may be starting to shift and, and get more on board and may be asking why or how and, and that. But even still, like I, I had a conversation um, yesterday with the church that was actually going south like they were wanting to shut down their online campus because it restricted and it was taking away so much from the physical space which to me that's the worst thing you could ever do but hey you know, <laughs> hey let's uh, stop the thing that's working <laughs> you know it's, sorry i mean i'm, I'm not ostrich head in sand kind of came yeah. to mind i kind of joked with the the guy but unfortunately some of that that mentality is still out there and so Man, thanks for using your platform with, with Dave Ramsey to, to try to bring some awareness to that. And even if it's just for a nine-week trial period going through FBU, man, thanks for helping churches adopt that and, and start to realize the potential uh, for education for community in, in context of using online. 
Yeah, well, this is, I mean, I'm all about discipling people and equipping them, however it is that we need to do that, right? Whatever the tool is. So sometimes that'll be in person. Back in the day, it might've been a conference call. I've been a part of email list serves and, and chains going back. I mean, I mean that'll bring you wow. way back, right? Wow. Right. That's an early nineties thing. And so there's, I mean, the tools change what our, our mission doesn't. And so we want to, we want to engage in it. Where we are. Awesome. Well, Hey, it's been a great podcast. Ray closing thoughts before we uh, land a plan here. No, I'm grateful for what Ken has done and how you're, and how you're encouraging churches to continue to use uh, digital platforms just to try it out, to test it out, which is really what all this has been about. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that none of us have this down. We're all testing things. And so I want to encourage you, you know, even if you don't do online groups, Financial Peace University is a great place to start. It's a great structure. And if you've never done FPU, it's changed my life. It'll change yours. Wow, awesome. that was a good plug. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, hey, Ken, you know it, Ken. <laughs> Ken, in, anything on, on your side, anything to land the plane? But you know, here's, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish where I started, which is I'm probably the least digitally engaged person you know. Uh, and, and I still have a, I still believe that there's room for guys like me to access content in a digital or an online environment. And I've helped people change their lives this way. And when I do that, my life has changed. So there's, um, Paul talked about being all things to all people, so it all means he might win some. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not going to draw a theology of online church uh, from, from a, a couple of random verses, but I think there's something to that idea. Uh, before I say no to something, I always want to say, what if it worked? That's good. Amen. So, since you're not socially uh, accessible because you don't even know how to spell Twitter... <laughs> <laughs> um, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you, what's, what's a good way or, or to get in touch with Ramsey? Smoke signal. Smoke signal. Yeah, smoke signals are good. Uh, well, it's a, it's a pretty good question. Um, so I, I have an email address, which is ken.shafer at daveramsey.com. Email is something that people used before uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Um, so ken.shafer, Schaefer is S-C-H-A-F-E-R. And that's awesome. probably the easiest and fastest way to find me. So we'll, we'll put that in the show notes, um, as well as a number of articles why uh, Ken needs to watch Stranger Things. If there's anyone on this planet, Ken, that needs to watch Stranger Things, sir, it is you. Well, maybe uh, I'll check it out. I, you know, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I, I felt pretty good earlier this year when I finally watched my first episode of The Big Bang Theory about two months before it went off the air. Apparently, right. there's this new show called The Office also. I might check that out. <laughs> oh, you'll, so, love it. you'll love it. I'm, I'm, Hurry I'm up, though. If you have Netflix, it's all going to go soon. It's all going away. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to speak your language here, Ken. Um, it is a – if, if you are a fan, which I know you are, Adventure of bon, Buckaroo Banzai. Yes. The, the, the stylisticness of that in an 80s, the randomness of it, exists in stranger things i might have to check it out i'll see if i can like get it on i, I do not okay it's not <laughs> like you know what's his name wearing the cowboy chap. I think they actually sell it on vhs funny enough i think that but, exists yes like i i just i cannot believe you have not gotten into the stranger things thing so um we're gonna wrap I'll with see, i'll see what i can do awesome thank you so you're, uh, so hey this has been the church digital podcast and, and not the stranger things fan club that's another podcast that ray and i will probably start sometime soon 
and uh, <laughs> to be that uh, that speaker. Hey, but this has been a great conversation on on church online and creating these biblical communities. Uh, Ken, man, thanks for jumping on this and, and just helping us wrestle through this. Um, thank you for always telling me, no, Jeff, you're stupid, but then listening <laughs> to the conversation afterwards and, and at least being humble enough to say, hey, you know what? You may actually be right, because that actually is really encouraging uh, to hear some of those things. So, so listen, a, a broken watch is, is right twice a day, so all good. Awesome. <laughs> I'm totally insulted right now, but we're going to take it as a win, and I'm going to walk away. So thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time here at the Church Digital Podcast. Y'all have a good day.